Well, good morning. Good morning and welcome to our live stream, uh, life group hour today, uh, April 19th. We're so glad that you're joining us via live stream this morning. And uh, we hope that uh, this morning's uh, roundtable talk with Pastor and myself will be an encouragement and a blessing to you. Uh, this morning we're going to look at the topic of the actual uh, elephant in the room, so to speak, the uh, coronavirus that we have that we're all dealing with, this pandemic that everyone is having to uh, combat. Uh, and so we're hoping maybe we can give you some biblical perspective on how we are to handle not only the actual problem itself, but how we're to conduct ourselves in regards to that problem. And so hopefully we can be an encouragement to you today. We've gotten some, some pretty good feedback, Pastor, with regards to last week's roundtable discussion. It seems as if most people did enjoy that, and it seems as though it was a blessing. Have you heard anything yourself from the uh, church members? Yeah, no, everything I've heard has been positive, and this is a different format than yes. we're used to. Mm-hmm. It's something we're getting used to as well. Sure. Uh, sure. You and I have had plenty of conversations of theological matters, but yes. we're not used to having people watch, it, watch us as we do it. It's definitely different. You know, they say that uh, reality TV isn't really reality because when yeah. you turn on the cameras, people change. Sure. So we're doing our best to, to keep it as, you know, as, as all natural as possible, yes, right? Yes, as normal as we possibly can be. Yeah. Uh, it, it is definitely, I feel like a news anchor uh, to a certain degree, you know, when we're counting down how many seconds we got left before we go live. Our, our, our building or our auditorium is, is looking more like a TV studio than a, a yes. church. Yes. building or an auditorium but yes. uh, we'll, one day we'll put it all back and I'm looking forward we'll to have that. everyone back here in church amen I'm sure everyone at home is looking forward to that uh, just as much as we are and uh, pastor I, I don't remember if we uh, started last week's roundtable discussion with the word of prayer uh, if we did not then uh, I guess we probably should do something like that yes I we think should. that'd be a good thing so amen. let's go ahead and have a quick word of prayer and then we'll get started and we'll discuss this topic amen. let's pray father in heaven Lord, we come to you during this, uh, this hour, this life group hour for uh, White Oak Baptist Church. Lord, and all who may be uh, tuning in, we pray, dear God, that you would bless our time, our, our discussion, be with our thoughts and our words. Lord, give us your mind, Holy Spirit. We pray that you would lead the, the conversation. And Lord, we do pray for comfort. We pray for encouragement. We pray, dear God, that you would give us perspective on all that is going on in our world right now and how we are to respond, how we are to glorify you through this. Lord, please use us as your instruments and as your vessels uh, of mercy and grace. And, Lord, we pray that you would be honored and glorified in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, Pastor, you and I were discussing uh, a couple things this week as we were trying to get ready for this life group hour. And we, we thought to ourselves, we thought, what are some questions that our church members or folks that would be connected to our church, or even anyone in general, really, uh, would have as a question with regards to COVID-19 and the coronavirus. What are some questions that are going through their minds? And you and I sat down, and we kind of thought up a, of a few questions here. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you those questions, and you give us you know, what, uh, what you feel would be the best response, and we'll try to talk, talk that through and hopefully be a help to, to some folks. All right? Uh, so we're going to begin with question number one. All right? So, Pastor, I... I think some people at home would probably wonder, and I know when this first started, I had this same thought myself, and you and I have talked about this. Question number one, is this pandemic, is this coronavirus, in your opinion, or in your biblical knowledge, 
Uh, do you believe that this is a punishment from God, a punishment on us, on our world, on our society as a whole? I think if you go through Scripture and you look at uh, the word pestilence, mm-hmm. because that's what this is. This yes. is, from a biblical standpoint, this is a pestilence. Absolutely. Um, you cannot find one example in the Bible of God sending a pestilence to the earth where it wasn't punishment. Sure. And so if, um, if, if we're to go off of that mm-hmm. standard, right, mm-hmm. where every time pestilence is in the Scriptures, it's, um, it's punishment from God, then I would say yes. The coronavirus is a punishment from God on the world. And so then the question comes up, well, why? Why is God so angry or so upset or so put out with us or even feeling the need to come down and chasten us, even if he's doing it in love, uh, what would would the cause of that be? Obviously, we know uh, a lot of answers to that question you know, why God would be, uh, would disapprove of our behavior here on earth. And when I say our, when we say our, we don't mean us specifically, uh, but us as a society, as a whole. And, you know, we think about what is taking place in our world. Mm-hmm. Um, just one topic in particular, the, the killing of the unborn. You know, the fact that we have seen since uh, Roe, Roe v. Wade, we have seen... 60-plus million children, babies, unprotected, unborn uh, lives that have been taken. And, and this is, this is, these are the numbers. These are facts. No one, can, no one can argue these facts. They're numbers that are obvious to all. And these are, they are legal abortions. And that doesn't count the amount of illegal abortions that took place prior uh, to that legislation being right. turned into law. And so that's one of the reasons I would believe that God would be disappointed with our behavior here. Yeah, and, and that 60 million number is just in the U.S. That's yes. not counting all the other abortions that yes. are around the world. Around the world. And this yes. punishment is not just on the U.S. This Absolutely. is on all of us as a human race Absolutely. Uh, where we're, we're struggling with it. Now, I know people could look at and say, yeah, did God send it? You know, it came, it, I think the two running theories right now is that this either came from a wet market Mm-hmm. In China, or now there's some, some investigation, saying, yeah. some lab mm-hmm. in Wuhan that studies yeah. infectious viruses, and you know this is human error, mm-hmm. uh, possibly they mm-hmm. would say. But I would just remind our viewers and remind us that um, something of this magnitude, with this this many consequences, does mm-hmm. not happen without God's signing off on it. That's right. Without God's allowing it. Amen. And and God is sovereign, right? We believe that. Even though the word sovereign is not found in the Bible, the, the principle of Concept God's sovereignty of is definitely yeah. there. And he is in control, uh, and he does as he pleases, and he will do uh, what, is, what is best in his, in his mind, in God's thoughts. And uh, Isaiah 55 is very clear that his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts, and, and he is in control. I think one thing that this does uh, for, uh, for us is it reminds us just how sinful we are. Yes. Um, as a people, right, humanity as a whole. But I think it's easy for us to look around at <clears throat> abortion clinics or, you know, um, uh, casinos mm-hmm. or all mm-hmm. of the lasciviousness and looseness mm-hmm. that goes mm-hmm. on in our mm-hmm. society and think, well, I'm above the fray. 
Yeah. You know, I don't do any of that. Sure. And so God is sending this not because of me, mm-hmm. but he's sending this because of the behavior of everyone else. Sure. Sure. The problem with that line of thinking is that if everyone thinks that way, everyone can find people worse than them. Of course. Um, of course. And, it and helps, it's not my fault. It's right. not my fault. It yeah. helps to begin by looking in the mirror. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's just one example, right? Abortion is just one example. Sure. You mentioned, uh, obviously, the gambling and, and the lascivious, debauchery type of a lifestyle that is very common in our world today. Yeah. The anti-God uh, agenda yes. that we have... Uh, you, you know, we just, we just mentioned a couple of things in our in our own country, you know, where we have uh, banned uh, Bible reading and prayer in schools. Uh, and I know some of that is that they're doing a little bit of that. They're trying to bring it. It's trying to come back. But we've kicked God out, so to speak. Yes. You know, we've taken the Ten Commandments out of courtrooms. We've taken Bible and prayer out of schools and we've kicked God out of our society. And we wonder why when bad things happen and we think, you know, we're, we're, we think we're pretty decent. You know, we think we're pretty good. Um, I, I was scrolling through, scrolling through Twitter uh, recently, and uh, you know, there are certain people that I follow because I'm very selective in who I follow and so forth and so on. And one person retweeted or, or liked a comment, and so it came onto my feed. And it was just a female that said, "Porn is bad." I saw that tweet. Okay, porn is bad. Yeah, we would agree with that. Of course. Pornography is bad. It's yes. It's of the devil. It's horrific. It, its consequences are, are, are just horrible. So somehow I mistakenly clicked on that, and, and you can see the responses of people. And I didn't realize that I had done that. Anyway, so I'm reading some of these responses. A lot of people are agreeing. Yes, it's bad. It's, it's horrible for the society. But many, many were defending it. Were right? defending it. Yeah. Many were defending pornography in just jokingly saying, oh, you just haven't found the right one. Or you, and I, I was appalled. I was appalled at how many people in our society yeah. think that that is okay. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I saw a, uh, speaking of pornography, I saw a chart of top ten most visited sites in America going all the way back to the inception of the Internet. And so, you know, it has some coming on and leaving and, and growth, and, and so it was, a, it was a bar graph done in an animated way. Mm-hmm. When you got to about two or three years ago, up until current, two of the websites on the top ten of visited sites in America were pornography-based mm. sites. And so that shows you how it's become mainstream. And so yeah. then we wonder why God would rain down punishment, judgment, sure. judgment mm-hmm. send a pestilence. Mm-hmm. And I look at it as a pastor. I think we look at it as pastors, sure. and we see that there is a turning back to God. Sure. sure. By the people, by the Amen. culture at large. Amen. Uh, there is a, a, a desire to find the Lord through this, and so um, the Lord, as you mentioned, is sovereign. Yes. And and He knows how to dial up the heat, if you Amen. will. That's right. In order to get us uh, to to turn back to Him. God has has done that all throughout Scripture. Yes, he, he You has. know, he, He's done. He did it for Egypt. Uh, he, he's done it for the Israelites themselves. Uh, he's done it for Babylon. He's done it for uh, Assyria. He's done it for every kingdom uh, or every nation that exhausts his grace. We talked about that when you and I were putting this together. Uh, God's grace and God's mercy is vast. It is tremendously long-suffering. Uh, he waited 400 years uh, before finally delivering the Israelites from Egypt. With judgments, mm-hmm. with pestilences, uh, with with all kinds of horrific plagues, and but he waited a long time. 
Uh, and he had said in Scripture, he has said in Scripture rather, that uh, the reason that he waited patiently was because the, the sin of the Amorites, which was the people in the land of Canaan, where the Israelites were going to eventually dwell, their sin was not yet full. Uh, and that phrase basically is saying, God says, they haven't exhausted my patience yet. They haven't done so bad. They're doing bad, but they haven't done so bad that, I'm, that I give up on them. Which is a great verse, a great passage to show that the ball is ultimately in our court, yes. even though God knows the future. And yes. he knew that eventually yes. they would run out his yes. grace, his patience. He still gave them space to Amen. do that Amen. before he came down Amen. on them. Amen. And God knows the end result. He knows when Jesus is coming back. That's right. Uh, he knows how all this is going to play out. But he's not going to speed up the clock, if you will, yeah. uh, over our actions. Amen. He's going to give us patience, patience to come around. We have to, remi- we have to be reminded of his grace through, through all of this. And uh, the ultimate statement, and you and I both have used this, we've heard many preachers say this, if we all got what we truly deserved, yeah. we would not be sitting here right now. Right. And I look at this uh, coronavirus, <coughs> and um, uh, I, it's bad. Right, yes. people are dying, yes. and I don't mean to uh, diminish that, sure. belittle that, mm-hmm. uh, but there are diseases out there with much higher fatality rates. God could have sent something mm-hmm. with a much higher fatality sure. rate to us, absolutely, uh, and and brought down a harsher punishment. No now, those that have have died of would course. say that this is That's as harsh, harsh as it gets. It's yeah. as harsh as mm-hmm. it gets, and so again, we don't mean to diminish that, no. but. Looking at it from a more uh, uh, bird's-eye view, sure. boy, God could have brought down a pestilence that was harsher. I, I feel as though this is a warning shot, per yes. se, across the bow. Hey, you, yes. you better wake up. Yes. Because it, I, I'm capable, God is saying, of, of, of raining down a harsher wrath. Well, just the, the, the death numbers themselves. Originally, President Trump thought we might lose 200-some thousand people. Yeah. I think we're at 30,000 or so, yeah. and it's looking like it's going to be much less than even 100,000, thank the Lord. Right. Um, and so that leads us, well, by the way, I wanted to mention this before we uh, got going here. Uh, we do have our cups again, and uh, Pastor has his coffee, and I have my water. And uh, uh, this time it's water from the tap, and so hopefully uh, I won't have any problems with Connecticut tap water. But nonetheless, uh, we, we continue on. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a question that... That that's not on our notes here. That I think I hope you don't mind me bringing this up. Okay, uh, there's a uh, question that most of the folks of White Oak Baptist Church are dying to know the answer to. Some already do, and so they're interested in knowing. Uh, I, I've gotten this question: What is wrong with Pastor's left arm? And I say, Well, that's a good question. How about we let Pastor answer the question of uh, what is wrong with your left arm, Pastor? Okay, so just as a a warning, if you are squeamish, uh-huh. um, if you don't do well with, with uh, gory details, you may want to turn the volume down where you are, right? I'm giving you every forewarning I can. Here is my hand, all right? Um, I, um, uh, my fingers decided to get into a wrestling match with a, uh, with a table saw, mm. and they lost. Yes. And so I did not chop any fingers off, but Amen. I left a huge gash in my index finger. And I broke bones in my middle and index finger, mm. also gashed my middle finger. And mm. so um, it happened about nine days ago. I feel a lot better now than I did nine days ago, obviously. Of course. 
uh, be a couple more weeks that I have this. I was really hoping that I could hide my hand <laughs> because being on camera and that no one would notice. I guess I um, uh, well that wasn't that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, no. The uh, the folks that watch us on live stream that are connected to White Oak Baptist Church, there's some smart folks. They are. You know, George George Harvey. I didn't call him back. I probably should have. He left me a long voicemail. So, George, if you're watching this, I did get your voicemail, but I was uh, a little embarrassed to call you back. <laughs> George, I think he, he, re, he, he, he slow-motioned the video as I was walking up to the pulpit to see what was on my hand. And then he called me, left me a voicemail, and called me out on it. And so, said, no, okay. he, was, he was concerned. He was yes. concerned. But, yes. hey, what's up with your, your, the cast on your hand? <laughs> so, you so, so, you don't know this, Pastor. Okay, this, um, he actually texted me last week. When we were here, you were already preaching. We had already gotten to the preaching. And I'm sitting here. I'm listening to you preach. And, you know, we're, we're here, this, us four or five of us here. And, you know, I'm on my phone. I'm, I'm looking at the live stream. I'm interacting with some of the folks. And he sends me a text message. And he says, what is wrong with pastor's left arm? <laughs> and I thought, oh, boy, okay. And so I knew that you were trying to kind of keep it on the down low, as they say, the colloquialism that we have. Uh, and I thought, well, I don't want to lie to him. And I said, well, you know, this is what happened. And I said, don't tell anyone because, you know, Pastor doesn't want to create any, you know, stirring up. And so he promised that he wouldn't, but he did say he would he would pray for you. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, and I'm sure everyone out there is saying, hey, we're going to pray for Pastor's hand to heal up. Uh, and, and I understand how you're feeling because you know I have experienced a very similar injury uh, just about a year ago, uh, last May actually. I had to get 13 stitches on my middle finger and my ring finger on my left hand. And uh, I'm still waiting for all the feeling to come back on my middle finger tip here. So they say it takes about a year uh, if it all comes back. And so anyway, uh, that's the answer to that question. All right, White Oak Baptist Church family. I still am uh, going to hide my hand. But now you all know. <laughs> I, I don't want to be waving my cast in your face. Now you know so. why he's hiding his hand. Amen? Yes, amen. Okay, all right. Now we've talked about the drinks in your hand. Let's move on. So we've looked at, is this a punishment from God? We believe that it is a pestilence, a warning from the Lord uh, because of our, and our as a whole, as a society, our drifting away from God. Question number two that I, we think that folks may be asking is, is this a sign of the end times? Is this a sign of the end times? Yeah, the answer to that is maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know that we can know the answer to that. Um, uh, now, in a more broad sense, yes. But we're, we've been in the last time <coughs> since the church era started. Amen. Right? Amen. So um, uh, there are several authors in the epistles that identified the church age as... The last times. Yes. So we are in the last times regardless. Yes. But uh, does this, I think more specifically, the question would be, does this mean that Jesus is coming back is right around the corner? Sure. Now, I'll give you my opinion. I do think that Jesus coming back is right around the corner with or without the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. But I think the coronavirus probably adds uh, a little more evidence to that. Sure. But every preacher since Paul has believed the coming of, of Jesus was right around the yes. corner. One other thing I'll throw in here, and I know you have several uh, thoughts on this. Mm -hmm. um, the Spanish flu in 1918 was far yeah. worse yes. than this. 600 plus thousand people in the U.S. In the U.S., died. right, millions worldwide. Yes, Yeah. way more than now. And, and, and Jesus didn't come back, Correct. right? 
And when World War II happened, everyone thought Adolf Hitler was the Antichrist. The, the war to end all wars, yes. right? And, and Jesus didn't come back. Yeah. And so there have always been clues and signs that his, his day, mm-hmm. the, the day of the Lord, the, the rapture rather, yes. is coming, and that's not happened. Now, Matthew 24 tells us that mm-hmm. in the last days, there's going to be you know, earthquakes and mm-hmm. all of these natural disasters yes. uh, and, and pestilence mm-hmm. and uh, wars and rumors of wars. Correct. And boy, you can look around and see... You and I were watching a video right before that. I was going to say, I was going to say, mention that video that you showed me earlier. Yeah, we were watching a video. Brother Verone sent me a video this mm-hmm. morning of uh, the Today Show, I don't know, in the last couple of weeks, yeah. aired a segment where they showed someone getting a, a, a microchip put in their hand mm. so they could buy and pay for things at work. Yeah. And so, and uh, the, you know, no one in the room was squeamish about it. In yeah. fact, they ended the segment by saying, are you ready to get chipped? Yes, that was their last statement. That was how yeah. the segment ended. Now, now help me, uh, uh, obviously that is a big deal because we know in the book of Revelation it talks about the mark of the beast and talking about, but it's, it does say your right hand, uh, but nonetheless we see that the ability to be able to purchase, buy and sell uh, has a lot to do with that mark of the beast. And we have thought for many years with the technology advances that we've seen, it would be a microchip, it would be a microchip yeah. of some sort. Now. Uh, is there something else that that chip is being used for? I didn't notice that in the in the article or the video that we watched, other than just purchasing things in the break room for break, breaks and, and lunches and so forth. Yeah, that segment didn't seem to indicate. Okay. I'm thinking maybe they might use it for you know clocking in, clocking out, yeah, probably, and then maybe even tracking their employees within, within the within plant. the facility. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that when you get to the uh, where where everyone gets chipped, and and to be clear. The forcing of chipping people takes place the last three and a half years after the uh, the, the desolation. uh, The abomination of desolation. There you go. Abomination Mm -hmm. of desolation takes place. The last three and a half years, it will be forced on you. There will be a ramping up to it before that. But once that happens, in my opinion, it will be GPS tracking. Mm -hmm. It will Mm -hmm. be all of your medical information, your bank account information. Uh, You won't be able to live... On planet Earth, it's leading to without that the chip. one world government, leading yeah. to the cashless society, right. leading to all of those things that we see happening in I, the tribulation. I think you can look. I think you can look and see that uh, the painting, if you will, mm-hmm. is is coming together. Yeah. When the painting will be complete, we don't know that date. The Bible tells us, of "No course. man knoweth the day or the hour," uh, and so. I believe that this is a sign. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll ask you a question. We yes. know the answer, but mm-hmm. some of the viewers may want sure. help with this. Um, how much should the Christian be concerned? I'm glad you asked. I, we were going to talk about that. And I want to mention real quickly in Hebrews uh, about the end times, God says in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1, God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, Verse 2 says, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. So uh, the writer of the book of Hebrews said, in these last days. So the Bible teaches us that we're in the last days. And the Bible also says that a day is as a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is as a day. And so technically, it's only been a couple days, right, in the Lord's estimation. And so again... Uh, we're in the last days. For us, it seems like a long period of time. 
God lives outside of time. He exists, rather, outside of time. Uh, he created time. Uh, to him, it could just be a very short amount of time uh, in comparison to us. Now, as far as the Christian's response, uh, we that are saved, we that know the Lord Jesus as our Savior, we know the end of the story. We know how this book ends. We know uh, that we eventually will end in victory with the Lord Jesus Christ in all of eternity. And the Bible is very clear that the rapture, again, another word that we talk about all the time that's not technically in Scripture, uh, but the concept, the principle is found in Scripture. In First Thessalonians chapter number 4, uh, we will be caught up. Uh, that's the word that, that is translated. It's harpazo. It's, it's where we get rapture from. We, we will be caught up. Uh, the Bible also tells us, I believe in Hebrews or Romans maybe, Romans or Hebrews, it's one of those. Uh, it tells us that God will save us from wrath. We're going to be caught up. Uh, we're going to be saved from wrath. If you look at the book of Revelation, in, in Revelation chapter number 4, Pastor, uh, you see the different churches prior to the chapter 4. Uh, chapters 2 and 3, it talks about the different churches and the candlesticks and the messages that the angel of, of, of those churches receive. Well, after chapter 4, you never hear the church... You never hear Christians mentioned ever again. Yeah. And so, uh, and there's a catching up. There's a, there's a principle of catching away. The parallels between with First Thessalonians 4 and Revelation 4 yes. are it's the same You can't the same avoid event. it. Yeah, it's, they, the same it's the same event. Yeah. And so the church, the, the Christians, I should say, the, the believers, the true biblical believers, the people that are saved, they're going to be caught away. They're going to be removed from the earth, which, in, of course, will instill even more chaos uh, and more destruction here. Uh, and all of that will happen, the tribulation, the first three and a half years that are a little bit more mild than the second three and a half years, all of that will happen with those that are saved not being on the earth. We could talk eschatology for hours. Yes. Right? Uh, but the one thing I want to say before we move on to the third question yes, is sir. this. Um, Christians should not be fearful about end-time events. Right. They should be excited. Exactly. Because we're not going to be here to experience That's the right. pouring out of God's wrath That's on right. earth. That's right. Um, if you study the scripture clearly, and I know there are those who love God who disagree with this point of view, uh, but to me, there's no getting around it. Mm-hmm. Jesus raptures the church, and then That's right. comes the Antichrist. That's right. That's right. And, and so, and you're right. There are people that are truly saved that we would probably agree with on just about everything. Other than this point. Right. There are some people who believe that, you know, we will experience some of the tribulation period. No. I do not believe that. Right. I don't, as far as like stocking up money and, <coughs> and, and just, you being know. Being a prepper. Being a prepper. <laughs> all that. If you're a Christian, you, you need to be responsible with the finances the Lord's given you. And, hey, saving up six months is great. I, mm-hmm. I would recommend it. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend it. Yep. Uh, but do you need to have a, a war bunker in your backyard, you know, to, to survive Armageddon? No, not if you're saved. Not so, if you're saved. Uh, this is something that we are, we should get excited about. I look at the world around us, how wicked it is, and, and it does depress me if I focus on yeah. the specific sin. But, but more generically, I get excited yeah. because I know the world has to go to pots before yes. Jesus is coming back. Yes. And I see the wickedness, right? And we want to be that shining light in a dark world. But we know we're getting closer. We're Absolutely. getting closer. And this is the, this is the worldview difference. Okay? This is the paradigm difference between Christians and non-Christians. Folks that are saved and folks that are not saved. So 
not all, but many folks that are unsaved, they want to save the planet. You know, they want to uh, recycle and, 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 and make sure trees and, and the ecosystem and all that sort of thing. And again, I'm not bashing. We're not here to bash folks. We're just here to say, look, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come and he's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. That does not mean the balance, right? The balance. That does not mean that we just don't care for the earth and we just abuse the earth and we just take advantage of the earth. Right. Uh, and so we are to be responsible. Uh, but at the same time, our faith is not in planet earth. We're not worshiping the planet. We're not we're we're worshiping our, the creator. Of the that's planet. right. Our faith is not in Mother Earth. It's not in planet Earth. Uh, it's in the Lord Jesus Christ. And is this a sign of the end times? Uh, we would agree that, yes, it is a sign of the end times. And the end times could be, uh, we're in the end times. The Lord could rapture the, the, the believers now, today, tomorrow, at any moment. And so, But we're ready. We're prepared. If we're saved, uh, you don't have anything to worry about. Now, if you're not saved and you're watching this live stream, uh, you have much to be concerned about. Yes, you do. And uh, you must make sure you take care of eternity uh, first. And so let's make sure if you're unsaved, please uh, give us a call, uh, write, uh, write to us a, a text message. We'll have some numbers up in, at the next service. Uh, let us know, and we would love to help you know how you can uh, avoid that tribulation period. All right, question number three, Pastor. Um, how should a Christian respond to the coronavirus, this pandemic? Boy, this is a great question uh, because I have seen Christians respond in all sorts of ways. Yeah. And uh, I think the go-to verse here you preached on uh, in my absence mm-hmm. uh, right at the beginning of this, and that's 1 Timothy 1.7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, Amen. but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Amen. And uh, there is some grace to be given uh, to your, your siblings in Christ as far as what a sound mind means sure. uh, to different folks. Um, but uh, there are some extreme behaviors no doubt. that we need to try to avoid. And if you're listening in today, I hope you'll hear me, and I hope that you'll hear Pastor Morales, mm-hmm. and that you've, if you are participating in any of these extreme behaviors, please understand these things are driving you to fear. Um, uh, there's really two responses. We went over my office yes. uh, in, in the prep meeting for this. There's, uh, and I would recommend you write these down and ask yourself, uh, action by action, what am I doing? There's fear-driven and there's faith-led. Fear-driven and faith-led. Fear drives us. Amen. Faith leads us. Yes. And you need to decide which one of those am I doing. So here are some examples of behavior of those who are fear-driven. They watch the news nonstop. Yeah. They watch the news nonstop. It drives you to fear. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the media is conjuring up Fear, and I don't care who your news source is. That's right. We're not here to pick on a particular uh, news organization. Of uh, I could, but I won't. Uh, but all of them, on some level, mm-hmm. are driving the narrative of fear. Now, you do need to be informed as to what's going on, sure. and so tuning in for a few minutes every day and getting the getting the daily uh, update is fine. Mm-hmm. But but watching it, you know, leaving either CNN or Fox News or whatever your news source sure. is. Leaving it on all day, every day, it's too much. It's not, it's not wise. It's not wise. And, and, and you make a very good point there, Pastor, the fact that fear drives. Fear is pushing from behind. Fear is, is shoving. It's, it's cracking a whip type of a, of a philosophy mentality. Uh, whereas faith is out in front, and faith is saying, hey, follow me as I follow Christ. Right? Yeah. That's what faith does. But fear will instill, instill rather, in you 
a, 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 a feeling of hopelessness, a feeling of this is it, it's over. There's, there's nothing good that can come out of this. Right. And we know that that's not truth. That's not truth. Some other things to avoid, uh, social media nonstop. You and mm -hmm. I have a Twitter account. Mm -hmm. We're not on Facebook directly. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a Twitter account. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I've, had to just, I've had to just delete the Twitter app off my phone at times. Sure. You know, sure. because it's, it's the go-to. Hey, what's the latest? Mm -hmm. What's going on? Mm -hmm. uh, how are other pastors responding of course. Uh, to this? And how are other Christian organizations responding to this? And yeah. it, can, it, can, it can overtake you. So, you know, whether the coronavirus is going on or not, letting social media take up a good chunk of your day is a bad idea. Yeah. It's a life out of balance. Yes, I and agree. The, and the word here, the word here to know whether you're fear-driven or faith-led, the word here is balance. Amen. Faith leads us to balance. Amen. And so, you know, I've had Christians ask me, I've had some of our church folk ask me, should I wear a mask? Um, or, or should I wear uh, gloves? Yeah. And I would say that's a personal decision. That's right. You know better than anyone uh, who you come in contact with. If you're coming in contact with the elderly uh, or those that have autoimmune diseases, or you may be coming in contact with them and you're going yeah. to Walmart or... Sure. The grocery store, you may need to put on sure. uh, those things. But it, it, it's not the action, mm -hmm. it's the motive behind the action. Absolutely. Am I doing this because I'm driven by fear? Or am I doing this because I care for others Amen. and I want to protect others? Uh, also, there's the opposite end of the pendulum where we're saying, um, I don't. I think this whole thing's overblown, yeah. and this is a conspiracy it's of the government. Hoax. It's yeah. a whole thing's a hoax. And I'm not. I'm not wearing anything, right. and I'm going to stick my fingers in my mouth yeah. after I walk out of Walmart just to show everyone. That's that's not wisdom either. That's right. So that's out that, of balance. There's that sound mind Amen. where we're operating out of a sound Amen. mind. Amen. Uh, I, I like all of that. I think that's very important. Uh, I've seen folks, you know, wearing masks and gloves and so forth and so on. And I don't judge anyone that does or that doesn't. You know, it's, it's up to them. Uh, you know your body better than anyone else knows your body. That's right. And uh, like you had mentioned, you, you know who you're going to come in contact with and who you're not going to come in contact with. And uh, you need to do what, what is best in your estimation for you. Um, I want to read a passage of Scripture real quickly here, Pastor. Yes, sir. Uh, Philippians chapter number 4. I was supposed to read this a little bit ago, and, and it slipped my mind. Uh, we're going to look at Philippians chapter number 4, verses 6, 7, and 8. Very familiar passage to uh, all of us, uh, but it bears uh, repeating at this time. Uh, the Bible says in Philippians 4, and verse 6, Be careful for nothing. And we all understand that that word careful also, you know, meaning uh, don't be afraid, don't be fearful, don't be anxious, don't be stressed out. Be careful for nothing. Don't let anything cause you to be stressed out. Uh, but in everything... So do the opposite. In everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. One of the, the little phrases that we throw out there as preachers and maybe just Christians in general will say, uh, uh, why worry when I can pray? And the inverse is usually more true than, than that. You know, people say, well, why pray when I can worry? Yeah. Right? And, and that's what we're living in. We're living in this why pray when I can worry mentality. And God says, don't do that. He says, don't worry. We're literally going contrary to God's command when we're worrying. And I don't know, I worry sometimes too. I'm not saying that, you know, we're perfect at this. But the Bible is reminding us that when we're worrying, we're not living the way God would have us to live. Let's continue reading. Verse number 7. 
when we go to the Lord in prayer with thanksgiving, it says, And the peace of God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This is how we are able to obtain peace, by praying to God and giving it to him, releasing it and letting him handle it. He's the one that's going to fix it or not anyway. We can't fix it. We can't stop it. We can't make it any better. And so we need to pray to the one who can, which is God. And then verse 8, we know this verse as well. It says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. We are what we repeatedly think. We are what we think. And the way that we think is the way that we're going to behave. And this is why watching news nonstop and reading social media nonstop is not healthy for us because it is negative. Not all of it, but a lot of it is, is negative. Intake, outtake. That's right. Intake, outgo. That's right. What That's we take exactly in, it, right. it becomes who we are. That's exactly right. I love right. Philippians 4, 8. A while back, uh, my wife did a Bible study out of this verse with mm-hmm. our ladies. Mm-hmm. And uh, her and I were studying it together, and we, we came to the conclusion that uh, true, honest, just, pure, lovely, uh, good report, virtue, praise, if a thought does not check off all of those things on the list, it has no business being in our mind. Yeah. Th- yeah. This, is, this, is a, this is a net, um, a strainer, if you will, of mm-hmm. our thoughts. And if a thought does not match these, it ought to go right through and not yeah. be something we dwell on. Amen. Verse 7 Mm-hmm. I get the idea that the storm is raging, and the peace of God is like a hand that comes in and protects us from the storm. Amen. It keeps, it protects our yeah. hearts and minds. Yeah. The storm is raging. It isn't that there isn't problems, but while there's problems, there is a peace in our heart no one can understand That's right. because God has kept, he's protected our Amen. hearts and minds. That's a good point. Uh, I, I've heard preaching with regards to the word peace in Scripture that is a, uh, uh, from what I've heard now, I haven't done the study myself, but they say that it's a translation of the Greek word arene, uh, arene, which means inner peace in the midst of outer turbulence. It's like the, the eye of the storm, so to speak. Uh, you're in the center where there's total peace, there's no wind blowing, there's no uh, thunder booming, there's no lightning crashing, but all around you, there's all kinds of thunder booming, there's all kinds of lightning crashing, there's all kinds of winds blowing, but because you're in the center of God's will, right, you're, you're in God's hands, he's got you protected, you have peace. Uh, and it's, it's, for an unsaved person, it's impossible to understand that. It's impossible to obtain as well. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, this, this leads me to an illustration I'd like to share, if you don't mind, Pastor. Sure. Um, I heard a pastor that was uh, speaking on this, this subject of the coronavirus and peace and all that. And he said that he was in New York City, him and his wife, I think he was there for a speaking engagement. This was in 2003. 2003, there was a grid, uh, a grid shutdown, an electrical grid shutdown. I think it started in Canada and worked its way down uh, through the eastern seaboard here. I don't know how far, uh, how far down it went, but power was out. I mean, everywhere. And he and his wife had gone to the airport. They're standing there waiting to get their bags checked in, and the line's not moving. Uh, he, you know, of course, inquired, hey, what's going on? They said, hey, we, we, we're having a problem. Our power's out. So every, the power was out in the, the airport, all planes were shut down, no flights were going out. Uh, they had just checked out of their hotel, so they had to find another hotel to check into. All the power was out in the entire city. 
and they go and they, they're able to find a hotel. They go to the hotel. Uh, they're, they're walking around by, by flashlight. I mean, they're doing everything by candlelight, flashlight. It's just there's no power anywhere. And they get into their room, and there's no AC. It's in the heat of summer. So they, they want to open the window, get some fresh air in. And his wife notices that across the street, the hotel across the street is completely lit up. There's lights everywhere. And he's like, what's going on? How is this possible? So he goes down. They, they walk across the street. They ask him, say, hey, how can you all have power? And you got music playing. you got people eating. How is this possible when everywhere else there's darkness, there's no light, there's no power? And the assistant manager of the hotel said to him, he says, yes, uh, the reason that is the case is because when we built this building, this hotel, uh, we made sure that there was a backup generator. And so we have something on the inside that is not affected by what happens on the outside. And I thought, that's the perfect picture of us as Christians. We have something on the inside that should not be and is not affected by what happens on the outside. Amen. Right? Amen. And so we have the Holy Spirit of God. We have God himself living within us. We have the peace of God in our hearts. It doesn't matter what happens on the outside. Now, obviously, it does affect us. We see it. We hear it. We feel it. Uh, but ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, we have the peace of God reigning in our hearts when we choose to focus on the right things. That's right. Amen. That's good. Okay. Um, uh, another question, Pastor. This, this will be the last question, and uh, we'll try to wrap this up. Uh, question number four. How can God use this to bring about good? How can God use this to bring about good? The last time that America saw a great spiritual awakening would have been in the, in the 20s and 30s, mm-hmm. 1920s and 30s. Uh, Billy Sunday would go around and preach, and they would take his sermons and put them on the front page of mm-hmm. major, maga- uh, major newspapers. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing an old copy of the Baltimore Sun, mm. and the front page of the Baltimore Sun was Billy Sunday's sermon. Wow. You would have thought it was the Sword of the Lord or the Revival wow. Friars magazine. Wow. Um, so if you rewind the clock a little bit, 20 years prior to Billy Sunday's Great Awakening, America was a country of debauchery. There was a lot of sin. And I'm not going to say it is like it is now. With sure. the means of modes of communication and transportation that we have today, sin can be... Uh, uh, increased, mm-hmm. it can be, it can, it, it can travel much faster, right? Sure. So uh, I think today we're far off worse than we were prior to yeah. uh, the Spanish flu. But what, what was the catalyst that brought about the Great Awakening in America? There, mm-hmm. it was the Spanish flu. Sure. And sure. I look at what's going on here, and I think that this has positive consequences for us as a nation if we let it. Yes. Um, as a church, but it begins with us as individuals. Amen. You see, because, and, and I just want to speak directly to the, the viewers at home, Pastor Morales. Mm-hmm. We must take the scriptures and use them as a mirror. And this begins with me, but it also begins with you. Amen. And, and those things in our life, in our heart, that we've just shrugged our shoulders at and said, whatever, it's okay. God is trying to say it's not okay. And he's wanting us to deal with sin in our life. Again, it's easy to point down the road, and rightfully so, at an abortion clinic. It's easy to point down the road at 
some uh, strip club or nightclub or bar and say that's why God's punishing our, our country and our world. But God does not take, please hear what I'm about to say, God does not take the spiritual temperature of our country uh, at the White House. He takes it at the church house. Amen. And us as Christians, we've got a lot of things, we, we have a lot of things we need to change. And we've become complacent. On some level, I've become complacent in my Christian life. And God is trying to say to the Christians in this country, it's time to wake up. Yeah. America, America and the world are not going to find their way to a spiritual awakening if the church house doesn't find its way to a spiritual awakening. It begins with us. Amen. It begins with time in prayer. It begins with time in the Word. I saw, Pastor Morales, I saw uh, that the average American right now is watching five hours of Netflix wow. at home. That not, ought not be true about us Christians. Yeah. We ought to be spending five hours a day in our Bible or Bible and prayer. And I'm not saying I'm doing quite that level. But if you do have extra time on your hands, there's no more excuse as to why you can't walk with God, why you can't memorize Scripture, why you can't pray. Maybe you don't know how. I guarantee your flesh doesn't want to. Yeah. But this begins with us. And if it will begin with us, boy, the, um, the fields are dry, if you will, and ready to catch fire. And uh, we're, we're ready for a revival in this country, but it begins with us. How can this, I believe your question was, how can God use this to bring about good? Yes. Boy, um, um, usually my children are best behaved right after they get punished. Yeah. <laughs> for the next hours, days, weeks, uh-huh. after they've been severely punished, sure. if, especially if it's been done right, sure. boy, they, they straighten up. They, sure. walk, they walk the right line. Yeah. And if we handle this right, I believe America can have a bounce back. I agree. There's also some other good that has already come from this that we've seen, we've noticed. Again, uh, we're, we're running short on time, so I'll, I'll be quick. But we've seen, of course, the, the, uh, the folks that have been watching and, and tuning in to the live stream. There are people that are tuning in. Now, we, haven't, we don't have the facts to, to back this up, but we sure, it sure appears as if we have a lot of people tuning in, not just to White Oak Baptist Church, but churches all around the country and all around the world, mm-hmm. tuning in that would not have gone to that church physically, but are tuning in and getting saved. Amen. We're, we're seeing people trust Christ as their Savior uh, by way of live stream services. And I know that's not your typical, that's not the, 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 the prototypical uh, biblical way, but there is good coming from this. Absolutely. Uh, and, and we're being challenged. Uh, just here at White Oak Baptist Church, you know, our live stream approach has been challenged, right? Yes. <laughs> and so there's some good that's going to come out, right? We're going we're gonna to try to make it better. Uh, and there's some other areas where good has come out. Uh, and people have been, uh, their spirits have been a little more receptive, it sure seems like, uh, to God and the things of Scripture. And so there, there's absolutely good that can come from this. Uh, and let's make sure that we keep our eyes focused on the Lord. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusted in thee. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse number 3. Uh, we had some other uh, scripture verses that we wanted to share from the book of Lamentations. Uh, we'll probably take the time to do that some other time. Uh, we're just about out of time this morning, Pastor. Is there anything, any closing thoughts that you'd like to share uh, with the church family before we go ahead and close it out? I would encourage you, if you can, to um, hop on Facebook and share, if you're on Facebook, and share the link uh, to our service, to all your friends, and uh, we're going to get started in 13 minutes, right at 1045. God bless you. We'll see you then.